everybody. Welcome or welcome back to the Fuel Church Podcast. We're so excited that you're joining us today. We want to thank all of you that give generously to this ministry. It's because of your giving that this ministry is possible. To give, you can visit us at thefuelchurch.com. We hope this message inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. Are you ready today? All right, I want to start out with some pictures because I went fishing when I was gone. I went fishing. I like fishing. I don't know a lot about fishing, and I really love it when you have a charter guy who does all the work for you. And he took us out, and uh, here's some of the crew, and and he would bait our hook, and he'd even take the fish off because uh, we were catching shark out here. We were in the Gulf uh, of Mexico here, and uh, there's our catch. They don't look big, but they were big. They filled our stomach pretty good. We ate them that night, and uh, those are uh, trout, actually, uh, saltwater trout. And um, you'll see here a shark that I caught now. Um, yeah, there it is. It doesn't look big, but it was about three foot and it had a, a lot of shark teeth. And so the charter guy took it off the hook and then he just handed it to me like it was nothing. Right here. And I'm like, no, man, I ain't trying to come back and be like, everybody praise the Lord. <laughs> you like that? It's good. I've been working on that all week. Um, I was like, no, and he's like teaching me. I'm like, he's like squeezing it, and I'm squeezing it, and then I'm nervous, man. I'm like, this is the three-foot shot, but those teeth are sharp, and so I, I, I finally got enough courage to hold it after him talking me into it for a few minutes, but um, I, I want to start a brand new series called Gone Fishing, and uh, I want to go to Matthew's gospel. Um, all the gospels uh, give an account of this story, but we're going to start in Matthew chapter 4, verse 18 and 19. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, and they were, for they were fishers. And he said unto them, follow me, and I will make you. Someone say, make you. Um, this is the beginning of Jesus's earthly ministry. 30, up to 30 years, he was in preparation. He had three and a half years of his earthly ministry. This is the very start as he is gathering his team, his small group. Come on now. He's gathering 12 misfits. Come on, they were crazy. I mean, you ever been around a fisherman? You know they, got, they don't have the best mouth. Come on, somebody. I, I can imagine these disciples, like they were probably the least qualified for Jesus to handpick for his team. I mean, this would be the team that would travel all over Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, all the neighboring towns proclaiming the good news of the gospel. On the outside, it didn't look like they were fit to be on Jesus's fishing team. But I'm grateful that God does not call the qualified, but he qualifies the called. I'm grateful when he looked at me, he didn't say, ah, no. he's seen the best and the worst of me. Are you grateful today that God's seen the best and the worst of you? At the lowest time in your life, God's seen something that others did not see. Oh, I'm trying to contain myself, but I feel like preaching at the 1130. Is that okay? I've been away for a while. It's all coming back to me now. He would pick 12 disciples. Most of which were fishermen. That's all they knew. That's how they made their living. It's how they put shoes. The Air Jordan Jerusalems on little Johnny's shoes. Come on. On his feet. Come on, work with me. 
And, and, and so that's all they knew. Follow me and I will make you. Now, most of you know what the next words are. But you would think that Jesus would say, follow me and I will make you holy. Be good if he said that. Follow me and I will make you spiritual. That's good. Follow me and I will make you disciplined. All these are great and Jesus offers all of these. But what he primarily wants his followers to do is this. Let's look at verse 19. He said unto them, follow me and I will make you what? Fishers of men. Fishers of men. And they straightway or right away or immediately left their nets. They left everything they knew. Everything they knew. They left it all to do what? To follow him. So this idea of fishing for men may have been strange to some, but not to these expert fishermen. In one sentence, Jesus was already helping them understand the mission they were about to embark on. He said, you've been fishing for fish, and you've done really good. You've made a living out of it. You know what lures to use. You know what bait to use. But now I want you to use those same techniques, but it's going to be different. Now you're going to fish for people. You're going to fish for people. Same technique, but different assignment. Luke's gospel gives account of the same story, and he says it like this, and I love this because it's just so plain. He says, from now on, you will catch men. You're going to catch men. And I can already hear your mind. I can already hear some people thinking, um, uh, Pastor, are we talking about evangelism and sharing our faith? Um, uh-oh, Pastor's going to send us door to door with tracks in our hands. See, some of you are too young, you don't even know what a track is. But it used to be this little pamphlet dealy, and it would have the salvation message in it, and you would hand them out to people, Right? No, 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 we're not going to send you door-to-door with tracks. And some of you may be thinking, I'm just really not qualified at all uh, to share my faith. I, I, I don't know many scriptures. I know, I know one, Pastor. I know one. Jesus wept. Shortest scripture in the Bible, by the way. Um, but I don't know theology. I don't really don't know how to explain all this salvation stuff. But I want you to listen. In this series, my goal is to equip you to equip you how to share your faith, to show you, and that's, this is what we're going to do today, to show you that we have a biblical mandate to be fishers of men. And so I'm going to show you, we're going to show you that this has been God's redemptive plan all along to populate heaven, to make heaven a bigger place, to save lost humanity. I know many of you are saying, hey, I, I love Jesus and all that, and, but when it comes to sharing my faith, um, I keep that part personal. Well, it was never meant to keep personal. It was always meant to go public. Someone say go public. It, it's not a personal faith. It's a public faith that we live out. The Bible talks about us in many different expressions on how we're supposed to live that out. We're supposed to be a light shining in the darkness. We're supposed to be a, a, a light shining on a hill so the city can see us. We are, are called to be the expression of the love and grace found in Jesus Christ to a hurting and lost world. Hmm? 
You may say, I I really don't know how to say what has happened in me, and I I really don't want to mess it up for somebody else. But here's what I need you to know today, and it's this. Followers fish. Followers fish. Say that with me. Followers fish. One more time. Followers fish. It's what we do. As Christ followers, we fish. And we are called to fish by Jesus Christ himself, the one who bled upon a cross and paid the penalty for our sins. He's called us into this mission of fishing, fishing. I was thinking of all the excuses on why we don't fish. Why, why aren't we fishers of men? Uh, the first thought is, some of us, we, we just didn't know we were supposed to fish. Like, we didn't know that. And you're going to see today from God's word that we are called to fish. The second excuse is this. We don't know how to fish. We don't know how to fish. We don't know how to fish. The third reason is probably the most common reason, and it's this. We're afraid to fish. We're really afraid to share our faith, to tell us, because a lot of us, we don't want to come across as that judgmental, mean Christian that we've experienced before. Oh, can I talk about that for a minute? I said, can I talk about that for a minute? Um, I was in Bible college, and um, when I was at Bible college, my study was general Bible with the emphasis on evangelism and outreach. That's what I studied. I didn't study a pastoral degree. I loved evangelism. So I was on the evangelism team. (laughs) What you know about the evangelism team? Had the shirt and everything. Come on, somebody. Had the scripture uh, cue card in my back pocket. I was ready. Come on now. Let me tell you about Jesus. And we used to go what we used to call street witnessing. (laughs) Have you ever heard of street witnessing? Yeah, some of you are too new to the church and it shows. But we love you. We're glad. And I w- we would go, we, this was in Columbus, Ohio. We'd go to the Ohio State University campus every Friday and we would street witness. And we'd share our faith with all these young people getting ready to go out for the night to party. Here we are telling them about Jesus. Leading, we led so many people to the Lord. But there was this man, we didn't know him, but he was on the opposite corner usually. And he was there and he had a Bible in one hand and he had his finger out like this. And those students would walk by by the hundreds on a Friday night and he would look at them and he was just continually preaching at them. And he would say things like this, you better turn or you're gonna burn. And then once in a while he'd get real fired up, burn in the lake that bakes. And you know, it, he said a lot of other things. You know, if you lie, you fry, right? If you're not right, you're going to get left. And, and he had all these expressions. And, and I, we watched him as nobody stopped. But people were stopping to hear us because we were just sharing the love of Jesus. And so uh, maybe you've experienced something like that. Maybe there was some fruit in, in his life. I don't know. But probably the person who's most responsible to lead, for leading you to Christ didn't look like that. Huh? They weren't yelling at you. They weren't screaming in your face, you're going to burn in hell. They probably came alongside you with some love, with some patience. Come on, somebody. Think about the person 
who led you to Christ or the people, there could have been several people who were a part of you saying yes to Jesus. Think about those individuals and you would probably say things like they were caring. Like they listened to me even before I believed they made me feel like I belonged. They, they loved me even though I knew they knew that I was in sin, right? They were compassionate when I was going through something in my life. They were grace-filled. They were patient. They were loving, right? The reality is that we were all once that lost fish that someone caught. If you have put your faith in Jesus Christ, it wasn't just a whoop, there it is, it happened. There are some that have had divine encounters. I understand that, but those are far and few between. It's usually because somebody was a fisher of men. Somebody cared about you. The reality is they caught you. They, their joy caught you. Their countenance when you would go to work. You're like, There's something different about her. There's something different about him. Their peace in the middle of, of the storm that, that you were facing. They watched you walk through the storm, the tragedies of life with the peace of God and that caught their attention. That was the lure. That was the lure. The, the compassion in their heart caught, caught you. The Jesus in their life beaming from them caught your attention. What did they do? Well, with God's help, they put together a lure that was most attractive to you in the season of your life. Is this helping anybody today? With God's help, as we seek God, God, help me to minister to so-and-so. Help me to say the right things at the right time. With God's help, they put together a lure that was most attractive to you in that season of life you were in. Hmm? Who's that person for you? Who are those people for you? Today, I want to challenge you to reach out and say thank you to those people. I want to challenge you if they're in the building or you see them today to say Thank you to the people who were a part of you coming to know Jesus. They were followers and they fished and they caught you. And because they caught you, you are now longer, no longer going to a Christless eternity, but you are saved in the family of God because somebody was fishing. Come on, somebody. Text them, call them today. I'm thankful for my parents planted seeds. I'm thankful for people in the church that planted seeds in me. I was a rebellious teenager as they come. Come on, somebody. People are like, oh, the teenagers now, they're crazy. I was, such was I. Come on, somebody. That's why I'll be there Friday night preaching to those young people, opening night. I'll never miss a student camp. That's where God changed me, Amen. It was leaders like that who, who planted seeds when I didn't want to be at a church event. I didn't want to be at a youth group. But there were leaders and there were people in the church who came alongside and said, hey, hey, we're still going to plant seeds in that PK over there. That's kind of crazy. And they believed in me. Not only my parents, but other people like the Bossoms and the Ramirez and the Meltons. And they kept believing in me. I was a mess, but they kept planting seeds. Who is that for you? Who is that for you? I, challenge, I implore you today to send a text, to pick up the phone and call them and just say those two simple words. They're powerful words. Thank you for being a part of my spiritual journey. I don't know where I would be if it wasn't for you 
fishing. Even when you probably didn't want to. Even when the devil tried to tell you it won't work. Even when the devil told you, you know, you don't have anything to say to them. Nothing you say is helping them. Guess what? Your words are helping people whether you believe it or not. The seeds that you plant. The Bible says one plants, one waters, but God brings the increase. Hmm? You say, why, why, why are we in this series now, Jacob? Well, we're in this series because it's very intentional. Because just like in the natural, it's a harvest season coming up, right? How many of you know the corn is is getting big? Come on, how many have some sweet corn lately? Come on, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm about to eat some sweet corn this week. And and so there's there's a season in the natural called harvest time. The same as in the spiritual. And so you need to know this, that if we go back to our numbers, because numbers indicate where we are, and numbers tell us, tell the story of, of, of what we're accomplishing through our mission, if you go back and see the last seven years, um, we see the most amount of new people and salvations from September to December than any time of the year. It's harvest time in the spiritual. And so I'm prepping you with God's help uh, these next couple weeks. You're going to have the tools that you need. And some of you have never in your life shared your faith. I just jotted this down before I came up here. Listen to this. 95% of Christians have never shared their faith. That's a Barna stat. Barna pulls churches all across the world. And he just came out with this stat that 95% of Christians have never shared their faith. Let that not be the number here in this church. I know you're jacked and we're celebrating 10,000 souls and a lot of you are sharing your faith and inviting people, but can you imagine if that's just 5%? That 5% of you are doing that? What if 10% and 15 and 20%? What if you had enough confidence? Come on now. And this is what I believe God is going to equip us with in these next couple of weeks. Are you with me today? I said, are you with me today? So three reasons, three reasons why you need to be fishers of men. And then each message, uh, I encourage you to be here every Sunday this month because it's going to build upon each message. We'll build upon each other. And uh, we're going to get you some practical ways that you can share your faith. But the first reason that we are called to be fishers of men is because fishing is fun. Someone say fishing is fun. Fishing is fun. And some of you are like, no, it's not. I don't like grabbing the worm and putting it on the hook. Fishing is fun. Look at this video from our fishing trip. And this is my son. And uh, I'm only showing you a portion because it took him about six minutes to reel this fish in. But the smile on his face and and the the grunting. And he actually at one point puts the pole between his legs because he can't handle it. And this fish was going crazy swimming around. We thought it was a shark. And then it comes to the surface, and that's me kind of cheering him on, like, you caught the biggest fish of the day, Isaiah. (laughs) They pull that fish up, and let me tell you what, he was beaming. Look at that, look at that. Fishing's fun, a 10-pound redfish right there, 10 pounds. Now, I've never really caught fish that big, so... (laughs) You know, it was fun, and he's never caught a fish that big. And then we had to throw it back because it was too big. It was, there was a limit on how the size of it. But fishing is fun. And I don't know if you've ever experienced the joy of being a part of somebody's spiritual journey. Like, you know that you were a part of them coming to Christ. And that journey may have started 
years ago or it may have took years and or it may have took months but the joy to know that you were a part of walking with somebody that crossed that line there there is a line to cross right there is a line to cross to say Jesus I surrender my whole life to you and to know that you were a part of that but a step forward to have somebody in a seat next to you and experience the joy come on now of somebody raising their hand and saying yes to Jesus that my friend is highly addictive it's highly addictive because you know you were a part of them going from death to life you know you were a part of helping them make heaven their eternal home and the bible says that heaven actually says it's fun too and they throw a lot of parties and luke fifteen ten says this in the same way i tell you there is what there's what okay we rejoice here on earth but can you imagine the rejoicing in heaven i said can you imagine some of you just have this wrong idea about heaven like it's just going to be boring and we're just going to turn into little fat angels walking around that would be hell. I don't want to be that. No, 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 no. It's, it's going to be a party. And the Bible says over one sinner who repents. What has heaven been doing on behalf of Fuel Church after 10,000 souls repented in seven years? Come on, somebody. Heaven is having fun. Heaven is having fun. But think about it. Think about it. You know people, I know people right now battling cancer. Watch online, you know people right now. What if you had the cure for cancer? What if you had the cure for cancer? What if you had the cure? If I would ask you to raise your hand, how many have a loved one who passed from cancer? Almost every hand. What if you had the cure for cancer? What would you do? Would you just sit back and say, man, I'm scared to tell somebody. I don't know if I can do this. My pride won't allow me. No, you would tell everybody, hey, I got the cure for cancer. And the same is true in the spiritual church. Listen, we have the cure for eternal death. His name is Jesus. Someone says, man, the world is evil. The world is dark right now. Yes, Jesus said it would be because of sin. Sin has always been sin, and sin will never change, and it will get darker as the day of Christ approaches. But Jesus says this is the greatest opportunity for the church because although there will be a great falling away in the last days, there will be a great harvest in the last days because followers, they fish. They fish. They fish. And, and, and friends, can I tell you, you have the answer. You, you don't think you do, but you do. You have the answer and the cure for hopelessness right now. How many know somebody battling depression, anxiety, suicide? Right now, right now, yeah. You have the cure for loneliness. You have the cure for brokenness. You have the cure. People are trying to fill the void with a substance, with a relationship, with, with, with money and fame and success. We have the cure that can fill the spiritual void in their hearts. We've got to go fishing. How many want to go fishing with me? No, how many want to go fishing with me? 
I'm ready to fish like never before. You say, Pastor, I just think it's time we sit back and relax. I mean, we got multiple campuses, multiple services, 10,000 souls. Let's put it in cruise control. No, 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 friends. As long as heaven and hell are reality, as long as people go to one or two of those places, our job does not end. Actually, our job increases now more than ever. Our responsibility is to go fishing. Watch this. I'll show you 2 Corinthians. This is all in the word of God. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting people's sins against them. Can we just say an amen for that? That your sins and my sins, he didn't count against us. He put them upon his son Jesus to die for our sins so we didn't have to. Oh, we could preach that, but. And he has committed to us, what has he committed to us, followers? The message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal, watch this, through us. I just thought that they would just stumble into church. I just thought they would stumble online and check us out. Some may, but most won't. Most come because of a personal invite. Most come because you work with them, you neighbor with them, you parent with them, you do life with somebody. Most come out of relational equity. And Jesus, I love this, he says reconciled. And that that word means to bring the balance to zero. See, there was a debt that you owed. There was a debt that I owed. And God sent his only son to take care of that debt. He reconciled it. He, he made it zero. Come on, some of you balance your checkbook every month. I stopped doing it. I can never get it at zero. Come on, somebody. Some of you like to do I don't. I don't want to see a checkbook. And you brought it to zero. That's what Jesus did on our behalf. We have a great message. Hey, 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 you deserve death, but Jesus, but Jesus paid. You, you, had, you had your sins piled up. It was so high you could never take care of it. But Jesus came and, there, and then he goes on to say, we are committed, that God has committed us to the message of reconciliation and we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. What's an ambassador? Ambassador is simply defined as someone who is sent by to represent the mission and values of the one who sent them. You've been sent. You've been called. Oh, no, no, that's just your job, Pastor. No, 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 no. My job is to teach and to preach and to feed you spiritually and to give you a well spiritual diet. That is my job. Your job is to go out. Come on, you're ambassadors. You've been called to the ministry of reconciliation to tell people. You don't have to live that way. You can. But man, this is what Christ has done in me. Come on now. Let me remind us all. Let me remind us all that this is God's plan. And he doesn't have a plan B. It's you and I to reach his lost kids. So number one, fishing is fun. Number two, fishing is necessary. Someone say fishing is necessary. One more time. Fishing is necessary. Like it's not a game. Like church isn't a game. And we're not here to build our church and build our number. Like that's not why we're here. We're here to build the kingdom of God. 10,000 souls, where are they at, pastor? I don't know where they're at. It doesn't matter. They're all scattered in probably every church in Kokomo and surrounding areas. 
Praise God. We were a part of their spiritual journey. We built the kingdom of God, not just our little small kingdom. It's necessary as long as heaven and hell are actually real places that people go when they die. And I firmly believe that we go to one of two places. It's clear in scripture that we go to one of two places. So this is not an option. It is necessary for us to share our faith and to go fishing. Romans 10, 13 through 15 for everyone. Someone say everyone. Does that mean everyone? That means no matter what lifestyle they're living That means no matter what they've done in their past, everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. No one is out of the reach of God. Let me tell this to somebody who said, man, I tried to fish for years for my son, my daughter. Man, I've been trying with this coworker for 10 years. For everyone, do not give up. Do not give up. Do not give up. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe if they have never heard about them? And how can they hear about him unless someone, what? Tells them. And how will anyone go and tell without being sent? This is why the scripture says, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring the good news. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, you got beautiful feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now look at 2 Peter 3.9. 2 Peter 3.9. We're laying a foundation for the series. 2 Peter 3.9 says this. Come on online. It says, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness. Meaning, he said he's coming back for his church. And how many know he is? Like he is. He's coming back. Instead, he is patient. Why are you patient, Lord? Why are you patient, Jesus? Not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. The only reason he hasn't came back yet is in hope that someone else will respond. The Bible says in another scripture that not until every person in the world has an opportunity to say yes or no to the gospel will he return. So the gospel's got to go out. And listen to this stat Barna just put out. 42% of the world has never heard of the gospel. 42%. Thank God we, I can look into that camera. Come on now. As you give to this church, we are going around the world right now. We are in Pakistan preaching to hundreds and hundreds of people all over the world because of technology. Hmm? So number one, fishing is fun. Number two, fishing is necessary. And number three, as we wrap up today, I need you to know that fishing, fishing is what Jesus, he asked us to do it. Like when you made him Lord and Savior over your life, that word Lord and Savior is two-part meaning. Oh, we all want him to save us from our mess. God save me, I've made a mess, my sin, I, it's me. I, I made the wrong decisions. But that word Lord means ruler over my life. So I can't only call him savior. I got to make him the Lord. Like you're calling the shots. And if you said it, that followers fish, then I need to start fishing. I need to start sharing my faith. I need to start inviting and being a light shining in the dark. And and let me just tell you, we're going to give you this little list today. As you walk out 10 ways to go fishing, top 10 ways, top 10 list right here to go fishing this week. And one of the easiest ways is to take an invite card and simply just invite somebody out, right? And let God do the work, right? 
And then there's other ways on there that the Lord may lead you, but let's look at the Great Commission. It's found in all four Gospels as we wrap up. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and then Jesus said his last words, actually, in the book of Acts that is connected to the Great Commission, and we're going to look at that scripture, and then we're going to pray. But Matthew 28, 19, Matthew's account of the Great Commission says, therefore, go. Somebody say go. Notice it doesn't say slow. Therefore, no. Therefore, just take your time. No, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the father, the son, and the Holy spirit and teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. So no matter how dark it gets, Jesus says, Hey, I'm with you as you go fishing. I'm with you as you're insecure about fish. I'm with you as it gets darker in the world and more evil thinks or evil looks like it's triumphing. You need to know that I'm with you until the very end. I'll put the words in your mouth to share. I'll show you how to pray for them. I'll tell you what to say. I am with you as you fulfill this great commission. His last words to his disciples. How many know last words are important? Last words are a loved one. You'll never forget those words. And here Jesus is saying, hey, once you've experienced this love and this grace, I need you to go. I need you to go and give it to others. I need you to go. I don't need you to just gather in church. And we're real good at gathering in church, right? Christians love to gather. We love to have church. We love to eat, right? Come on now. That's part of our spiritual giftings. Come on. But Jesus, you've gathered long enough. Now I need you to scatter. You've gathered and you've heard what I've done. You've experienced what I've done. I've transformed your life. Now I need you to scatter and tell everybody about it. It's the greatest news ever. It's the good news of the gospel. I said, it's the greatest news ever. It's the good news of the gospel. And then he says in Acts 1.8, Jesus, his last recorded words actually, before he went up to heaven to ascend to the right hand of the Father, he says, but you will receive power. Somebody say power. What's the power for? The power, about to see, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will be my what? Witnesses. Jerusalem, that was their hometown. Judea, surrounding towns. Samaria, further out to the uttermost parts, the ends of the earth. Huh? The power is not so we can have fun in church. <laughs> We've built denominations on that. The power that the Holy Spirit wants to give you is to be a witness and not a weird witness, may I add. Because when the Holy Spirit comes on you, he'll empower you how to witness and share your faith, how to invite somebody, how to give. It may be in the grocery line and it's just your countenance is the power that somebody needs and it flows through you and you don't even know it. It may be your kind words. It, it may be to that coworker that you, uh, you don't like. It may be to that person you cut off in traffic and you called an idiot. Let me tell you, that was God's idiot. Person you hate. I don't like them. Well, that, that's the person God likes. The person who hurts you. Well, they're stupid. That, that's God's stupid person. 
Next time you call them names, remember that's God's child. And just like you, when you were lost and didn't know which way to go and you were doing crazy, foolish, fleshly things, remember that's where they are. They're lost. They just need help coming back. Throw out the lure and start fishing. Fish with love. Fish with grace. Fish with compassion. Fish with joy. The days of joyless Christians have to end. We should be the ones that are most joyful and full of peace and loving others, even those we don't agree with. The power is not so we can have church. The power is to be witnesses. It has been our assignment since we launched this church. It is something I'm deeply, deeply passionate about, going after God's lost kids showing them that there is a better life. And I I just think we're in the first inning of what God has done so far. I just think we're in the first inning. Come on now, we hit a grand slam at the end of that inning, but we're starting a new inning. And come on now, how many know you got some friends? Come on, how many got friends that are far from God? You got family members. Come on, you got people that live in your home that are far from God. You got people you work with. Come on now, God has called us to be a great commission church. And one of our core values that we've had for seven years is this. We believe lost people matter to God. And if they matter to God, they matter to us. They matter to us. Like like I pray for them every day. I have a few scriptures on my board in my office and I quote them every day over the people you're going to invite this coming Sunday. Because I know you're inviting. You're an inviting church. And the one scripture is, he who wins souls is wise. And the next scripture says, ask of me and I'll give you the heathen for your inheritance. And I cry out to God every day. I don't care about buildings. We got a few of them. They're nice. Care about it. Care about how many people we got coming. Give me the heathen for my inheritance. Not about money to me. It's about souls. I can't take money with me. I can't take this building with me. You can't take your cars, your houses. You can't take your clothes. But one thing you can take with you is the souls of humanity. Let it burn within you once again, church. And let's go fishing and let's reach the loss that he has called us to. I close with this. We love caring for you and your family and serving you each and every week. We love seeing you and your kids grow spiritually, but you need to know that the main purpose of the church is to exist for those who are not here yet. Our calling is for those who are not here yet. We don't exist for you to come and just check off that little spiritual Sunday box and say, I'm good, I was here. No, 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 no. My job is to implore you to spur you to good works that we are not called to be complacent Christians and just sitting and saying hey my my salvation box is checked I'm good no 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 we're called to say hey I am saved but now that I am saved I know saved people they go and they save other people I know people who get rescued radically they go and rescue others radically I know people who found freedom from substances who were bound for years they go after other people who are bound by substances and they say you can, you too can find freedom in Jesus Christ just like I found freedom 
and I'm out of time, but I'll be back next week. <laughs> Jesus said the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Not a, har- not a harvest problem. We all know broken, hurting people all around. It's a labor problem. If 95% of you have never shared your faith, it's a labor problem. But we're going to change that. We're going to change that. We're going to change that. Because the reason I share that is because there is always this gravitational pull for us to do what we want and what benefits us. Isn't there? Yeah. As humanity, that's that pull. But when we surrender our lives to Jesus Christ and start to follow him and we make him the Lord over our lives, we now are on a mission to fulfill the great commission because followers, they fish. They fish. As you leave, the team is going to hand you this top 10 ways to go fishing this week. And I want to encourage you to start to go fishing. Get out the lure. Ask God, who is it? He'll show you. Holy Spirit lives in you. The power lives in you. He's going to show you how to be a witness. A witness. Someone say a witness. Bow your heads. Close your eyes all over the auditorium. Unless you are moving to a dream team position, please hold yourself for a moment as this is the most important part of our time together. It's the time when we cast the net and allow people an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of their life. You're in this building, you're watching online, you're far from God. You're far from God, you know you're disconnected, you know you never really surrendered and made him the Lord of your life. We're gonna give you an opportunity in just a moment. Or if you're here today and you're a Christian and you say, I've just grown spiritually cold. This summer, I just kind of got off track and just took a vacation from all things God. And today I want to come back. I want, I want that person to know today, God's not mad at you. He's not mad at you. He, he, he loves you. And he just says, come back home. Come back home. I, I, I still have a plan for you. It, that didn't change. I still have purpose for your life. That didn't change. You, you took a, a wrong turn for a moment that you can get back on the right road today we're not here to embarrass you or call you up front or anything like that but if you're here today you're watching online and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life or you're a Christian and you've fallen away and it's time to rededicate before we pray I want to see who I'm talking to just slip up that hand and say Jacob pray for me I, I want to be included in this prayer go ahead slip it up thank you thank you go ahead raise it up raise it up all over online raise that hand in the chat Someone's reaching out to you right now. Raise that hand. Yeah. Some of you are still thinking about it. Some of you are still thinking about it. Here's what I want to tell you. The Bible says tomorrow's not promised to no one. Meaning we don't know when we'll take our last breath on earth. But we can know where eternity is for us. And if you're unsure about that today, I just want to make sure before we pray that everybody is sure about eternity for them. If you're unsure, throw up that hand right now. Throw up that hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the couple hands that just shot up. Yep. Thank you. I see your hand. Awesome. Awesome. Many hands up. Many hands up. Let's pray, church. Say, Jesus, today I receive you into my heart as my personal Lord and Savior. I believe that the cross, it was for me. Thank you for dying for my sins. I repent of those sins today, and I make you the Lord of my life in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Somebody put your hands together. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast with others. You could take a screenshot, post it on your social media, and tag us. 
If you ever have the opportunity, we'd love for you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings. For more information on our locations and service times, please visit us at thefuelchurch.com. We hope this message inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey. See you next week.